This is not one of Nidalee's traps that the Vestayans got caught in, which means someone else has been in Nidalee's territory setting up traps. Uh, and uh, are big cats territorial? No. Okay, wait, wait, good. Wait, 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 You forgot the number two. What? One, two, three, four. I'll teach you how oh. to count later. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew this late in my life? A new, an old dog would learn new tricks. <laughs> it's never too late to learn. Because knowledge is power. <laughs> it's funny you mentioned knowledge because housekeeping. You can listen to us everywhere, right? <laughs> you can visit us at podcastcore.com for all of our info. Email us at podcastcore at gmail.com if you want to get in contact. Remember, that's C-O-R. And then follow us on all the platforms because we're on all the platforms. And leave a like and comment because we want to hear from you. And uh, uh, I, there was an awkward pause there. Like I was expecting, yeah, yeah, I was see. I was expecting <laughs> you to piss me off. <laughs> Lately, I've been switching it up a bit to see. I, I like to watch Hetch. <laughs> See how he responds when things don't go as planned. It's called a social experiment. Why do I still come to the show? (laughs) (laughs) Tell a friend to be warned by listening to the Casuals Arutera podcast. Oh, and the consequences of not being warned are dire. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about, and if you listen to our last episode, you know, Nidalee again. But her story, Human Blood. And this is a fun one. It's a Disney adventure that turns dark, which I guess is just a Disney adventure pre-Disney. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we know right? most fairy tales are dark to begin with, and it kind of fits right in there. Yeah, like th- this is a really good one because we uh, like we get to see uh, kind of more of Nidalee just in her natural habitat, right? Like not so much as far as like her impact on an overarching story or her impact with other champions. this is just a day in the shoes of Nidalee. Uh, So it's something a little more simple like this is really nice to cover, especially for a character that is as interesting as Nidalee is, because if you listen to our bio episode, you know that she's in a world of her own. There's no one else like Nidalee. She and that's one of the reasons her and Nico hit it off really well because there's no one else like her. So, uh, getting to see what the day in, in the Nidalee shoes is like is something that's very unique. So, let's dive into it. Yeah, so story is best told in three parts. So, this one will be as well. We start with a loud cracking sound and the smell of gunpowder, and Nidalee goes to investigate. And as she's investigating, you know this is not her first rodeo because she decides to conceal her spear behind a trunk and scan the environment. So she kind of looks unarmed, right? And she sees a Vestayan male with reptilian features because, you remember, they can be kind of humunculus-like or chimera-like, pick your word for it. Uh, They can be different animals. This one specifically has reptilian features. 
and he's in pain because his tail is caught in a metal trap. And the fact that it's a metal trap is an important distinction here. Yeah, because we, if you've listened to our bio, you know that uh, once Natalie gets more accustomed to her human form, she does start forming traps throughout her territory. And of course, being raised by jungle cats or the paca, like they, these traps that she's making is what the jungle provides her. And last I checked, I did not see her create a forge and melt down precious minerals to create pure <laughs> iron to then build her traps. So the this is not one of Nidalee's traps that the Vestayans got caught in, which means someone else has been in Nidalee's territory setting up traps. Uh, and uh, are big cats territorial? No. Okay, wait, wait, good. wait, 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 wait,
I wish I wish he had some bearing on this story. He doesn't. We just love him. And yeah. we wish he was here because I would love to see what he wrote about Nidalee. <laughs> <laughs> so this takes us to part two. And the man fully lets his guard down. So he stops pointing the gun at the Vestaya. And that's when she moves to grab her spear and launches it at the man. And he barely dodges it. But he's struck by Nidalee. And as Hetch mentioned, her cougar form. Now, this isn't a hotter form. This is, this is an actual cougar. <laughs> this is not one of the ads that you will get when you're looking at inappropriate sites. This yeah, is yeah. this is a fight or a fight or die situation. Yes. And she sinks her claws into his skin and then bites down slightly on his neck before transforming back into her human form. Um, and as w- one of the things that's really cool about this, um, uh, like props to Riot on this one, uh, because with, you know, big cats, they do the way that they hunt since they tend to not be pack hunters. Uh, so the Paca are very different, uh, obviously fantasy characters, but whatever. Um, since they're not traditionally pack hunters, they tend to aim for windpipe choke you out real quick and then move your corpse. Like they're not like other kind of animals that will be like, Oh yeah, just rip them alive and get your food. Like So this is a nice little detail there. And that's one of the things that definitely kind of sets Nidalee apart uh, from, you know, her brothers and sisters is that she does have like the human mentality of being able to like, okay, I'm going to kind of hold you here. I'm not going to kill you. I'm going to hold you here and I'm going to give you a chance. Yeah. And when she transforms back to her human form, she says in English, quote unquote, uh, you will leave or you will die. Understand? And then she tears off a piece of his shirt and goes to disarm the trap and tend to this Vestayan that's trapped in it. And once the Vestayan is free, he lunges at the man, but nearly grabs him and kind of holds him in place. And the man takes his opportunity to run off. Um, And this is like, I... I'm kind of would be more curious to see if we could get more details of how Nidalee got to this point, because this is a very deep look at her humanity. Yeah. Um, and, and what we covered in her bio, she doesn't have any interactions with humanity for her, the entirety of her adolescence. So the fact that she does have the showing of humanity here is very interesting, not just because she spared the hunter's life, but she also spared it a second time by stopping the Vestayan. Yeah. Because I don't blame the guy. Like, I, I get caught in a bear trap. I'm going to be mad, you know, yeah. like at the very least, I'm going to be swinging. <laughs> I don't know if I kill the guy who set the trap, but I yeah. would swing on him, you know, yeah. like, so I like it's very interesting to see Nidalee show this kind of humanity and this moral compass, despite the fact that she was raised wild. There's no place for a moral compass in the jungle, right? Yep. There's no it is live or die, period. So. That moral compass being displayed here, it's be interesting to see how she got to there because we know in her bio that we don't really know how she got that. She was raised to be wild. Great point. Great point. Uh, And that's what the Vestayan asks. He's like, hey, why'd you let him go? And she says that what they'll do is they'll follow the trail of blood. And if his group of poachers do not leave, they will die together. So it's, it's, it's kind of like a it's a very smart play on her her behalf, because like Hetch mentioned, this is a high level of morality to say, I'm letting him go, 
but we're also going to make sure they heed our word. And if not, we now put ourselves in the situation to solve the complete problem, which is the group rather than just one poacher. Very smart, right? And uh, then he asked, okay, cool. Why did you call him human? Because you're human. That's very weird for you to approach another human and say that. And Nidley told him, no, I'm like you. And the Stein said, no, the fuck you're not. (laughs) And and Hetch mentioned earlier, like, if a Bastion doesn't know what you are, there's something wonky going on. Yeah, I mean, this is one of the reasons I like this story is because Nidalee's very unique. She's she's not fully Vastayan. She's definitely not human. Uh, so it's like, okay, what is the deal with Nidalee? And there's no one else like her out there. And the Vastayan just kind of hammers that point home. But holy cow, is Nidalee cunning. I mean, just showing the humanity here, but also being like, yeah, no we're gonna go get all of them all right like if i'm gonna kill if i'm gonna kill i'm not taking one i'm taking the whole (laughs) squad out all right like there are no ops in my territory (laughs) no one spins back quite like nidalee Um, And back to the vagueness of her identity, you know, we talked at length at the end of our last episode about some theories we had, and here we have the Vestayan kind of hammering home something Hetch and I factored into our analysis, which is that she is human. Some part of her is human. So with that being a fact, let's say we're taking this as a reputable source from this Vestayan, then how do we get there? And that's when we started to talk about, like, you know, magic and pregnancies and stuff like that with, like, Annie and what could play into this? Yeah, and the, the, I mean, we could probably go on a whole episode. Oh, of yeah. just trying to break down like the as far as like the rules that we know of Runeterra from reading all the different stories, uh, like or at least our understanding of how like that world works. Yeah, that that could be a whole episode by itself. But I mean, it just hammers home the point that Nidalee is not is not a common thing and like Nidalee is Nidalee and no one really knows how she got there. Uh, So the, yeah. So as far as with trying to figure out that's like the origins of Nidalee, we could take a whole day probably. We'd have to, we we would have to have an intermission in that episode. (laughs) So she finishes tending to his wounds, and this is where we want to reinforce what we spoke about before, where she's developed uh, medicinal properties, well, not properties, but expertise, uh, which is because now she has opposable thumbs, which helps. But also, this is not something that only she does for herself, but we know she has a relationship with not only the Steins, but wildlife in the area. She's become more than just for her pack, right? And she tells him, okay, cool. Now that you're on board, join us for at nighttime, and we're going to hunt. And he's like, fuck yeah. And we go to part three. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, are you really going to say no to Nidalee at this point? Like, are, are, never. Like, you're not going to say no. I would never, whatever she wants. I mean, well... I agree with you, but yeah. I'm sure we're both thinking of completely different reasons than oh, what this oh episode's bad. about. <laughs> sorry, sorry, um, but but there's no way that the guy's going to say no because it's like <laughs> one, she saved his life. Two, yeah. she just laid out a very cunning plan of like, yo, we're going to like 
kill them all yeah. or not kill them at all. And then, and then it's like, oh, she's also keeps saying we hunt. Who's we? And the this giant Paka just jumped this human hunter yeah. to save my life. I don't want to. I don't want to meet we on the other side <laughs> of the team. You know, yeah. like like I, I want to be on the same sideline when I meet we. So that's, that's actually a good point. Yeah, yeah. Fall in line, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so she has a. I would say natural born leader, but she kind of it, it's more nurture than nature, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, which kind of makes sense. She's the matriarch of her pack now. So it it makes sense that she would kind of have more of a nurturing attitude at the very least to things that she does not deem a threat. Uh, Because honestly, this Vestayan's very lucky that she did not deem him as a threat since all this is happening in her territory. Because I, I, if she was more like, if she didn't have that moral compass, she probably would have just ripped them both to shreds, right? <laughs> True. <laughs> uh, so in part three, we now shift to the camp of poachers where Percy, so this is the man from before, is telling his fellow hunters about Nidalee. And they don't believe him because they suck. Uh, but also they're probably drinking and doing other debaucherous things. And this is a common thing, though, for humans that visit Ixtali, the Ixtali jungle, because not many people do, and the people that do don't have good intentions, so usually don't make it back to tell other people. And when you tell people about, hey, I saw this magical creature in the, the part of the world that no one goes, they're not going to trust you, right? Like the Amazon rainforest, if you look at the past, before we had a lot of documentaries, a lot of filming and stuff like that happening, you would have that same thing where you would have the biology of these creatures or these types of birds and types of frogs come out in research and other researchers wouldn't believe it right until they saw it. It's like, well, how does that frog do this? No other frog does that. Well, there you go. Right now we have more of an access to that world, but in this situation they don't, right? It's word of mouth, which is the best way to spread our podcast. So don't forget that. Yeah. That's why it's a, it's up in at this point of the story as well as in our housekeeping up top. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, like, I mean, I I don't get it as far as like if you're going to be out in the middle of no man's land, right? You yeah. this is uncharted territory. No like you already should know that you don't fully understand everything that's going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um so to just immediately write off what someone says about what's going on there is one thing if we're talking about it over drinks in a restaurant safely within human society, Piltover, right? Like yeah. if they, yeah, if they were having this conversation to Piltover, it's like, yeah, you're insane. You yeah. did not see that. No way. That's not possible. Yeah. But if you're in the middle of that said area, no one knows what's <laughs> going on. Dude comes back wounded and tells you what wounded him. I don't care how far fetched it is. I'm going to be like, Maybe we should get some distance between us, you know, like maybe we should, (laughs) we should probably move camp. Like let's get somewhere that's a little, you know, less, less dense so we can see what's coming. Right. Yeah. I would have just write him off entirely. I would probably call him a little crazy. Like, okay, that sounds a little far fetched, but you did get wounded. So let's, let's prepare. Right. No, these guys are just, uh, I like how it says here that they, 
uh, with his guitar, sing a lewd prayer to the queen of the jungle while the other two <laughs> guffaw and dance. Like, no, I'm not doing that. You're insane at that point. All right. You're begging to die. <laughs> so, yeah, they keep taunting him and he's like, fuck y'all. He goes off to take a piss. And then he notices the laughs and the sounds from the camp behind him suddenly stop. Then he notices a bunch of glowing eyes in the bushes around him. And the eyes closest to him were emerald green. And a voice close to his ear says, you were warned. And he didn't even have a chance to scream before sharp teeth closed around his throat. And this time, they did not stop. Uh, And this is why, this is why, if you're in the middle of the area that is uncharted (laughs) and not fully understood, that... You're allowed to take things with a grain of salt, but let's just be on the safe side. It's not going to hurt you to go out to a more open area so you can see what's coming and maybe set up a watch. Yeah. So you make it through the night, right? Like, But just to write it off as like, oh, yeah, you're insane. Let's get pissed drunk. Yeah, no, these guys deserve to die. Idiots. <laughs> <laughs> so... That's it. That's where our story ends. So now we're in the back half here where Kenji and I kind of just chat about a few things. So one thing we wanted to hint at is in our next episode, keep an eye out for that because the next character we're going to talk about, like Nidalee has opened our, like Nidalee and Nico have opened our eyes on what further style of creatures, um, and I don't mean that derogatory, but like what style of creatures still exist, right? With unknown beginnings and backgrounds to keep it interesting and fresh outside of, you know, your standard fantasy tropes. And the next character is going to open up a side of the world that even more kind of expounds on what we know. Um, Because we have, you know, we have the spirit realm. We have Nico's uh, Vestayan realm. We have, you know, Mount Targon and what goes on up there. We have all these different places and there's still more that even at this point in the amount of episodes we've done, we haven't revealed to you yet. So there's a little, little, little taste there. To keep yes. it coming back. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you are kind of curious as to like just how like how much we've covered, um, I, I I've said this in so many episodes, mm-hmm. and this just kind of shows off how nerdy I am. Uh, but open up the map of Runeterra, and then go and look as far as these areas that we're talking about, because the Shariman like Sharima is beyond vast. And in reality, we have talked about maybe a quarter of like all of the Shariba territory, right? Yeah. Because it's there's only there's only so many places that are actually habitable. We've only gotten a look at like nomads. They don't stay in one spot. Like they <laughs> they have to keep moving for to survive. Yeah, and and then all this other like all like that great desert is just uncharted territory. Then like. Even with the more populated areas like Demacia and Noxus, these are very large kingdoms that are forever either trying to expand their borders or defend the farthest reaches of their lands from other people's expansions. And there are people intertwined in between all of this empty space, uh, well, quote unquote empty space, that we don't get to talk about too much because, you know, we're seeing it through the eyes of the champions of these stories. and. 
that just leaves so much area open, not only for stories to come out, which is great for us because we like to read them and talk about them, but you know, you, you, it's not an episode of casuals. If we don't say this so much area to cover in an MMO, right? Like (laughs) we, right. You keep teasing us. All right. And we keep teasing ourselves at this point because (laughs) we just want it. We just want to see that because you know, uh, like we get to see uh, if you study a lot of like, uh, even like real world history that the, the people within a city are very different from people that are at the edges of conflict, mm-hmm. right? They because they have to be different because life is completely like your goals in life are completely different because you have to choose about your aspirations or just survival. Yeah, and that's something that like especially like here in the U.S. It's something that people can take for granted, but as far as like when you're writing a story that means that somebody from D- intercity Demacia is going to be very different than someone who grew up on war torn soil that is currently under Noxus control, but they still have some old veterans that talk about when Demacia ruled it. Yeah. And that just opens the so many doors, so many possibilities for these stories that we can cover and uh, the more that we get deeper into these different champions, the more that we get to look at that stuff. And yeah. that's the kind of stories that you could put in an MMO and just go to town with it, right? And that's well well said as always, Hetch. And the only punctuation on that I can say is that this is a reminder, like we've mentioned in the previous episode, if Riot messes up this MMO lore-wise, then they, they made that decision. Because... <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, for my Runation book listener, book review listeners, book club guys, um, you know how well written that book is. And that person, that author, is on the staff for writing this as well for the MMO. So they have all the pieces in place, and all they have to do is put it together. And like we always say, you know, hey, you know where to find us. We're not, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, we're not going anywhere. And right. if you and need, we're, if you need our help, if you have to yeah. call the Avengers, we're yeah. we're on speed dial. <laughs> and we're so excited. We're so excited to talk about it because the like you know not only with all these war torn areas, but there's also all these kind of you know for lack of a better description, parallel dimensions yes. around Runeterra as well. Um, you know, Bandle City, uh, Yordles. Um, but you also, <laughs> you know, what's great is Hatch goes on this beautiful monologue, and then we remember he's racist against Yordles. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not racist, but um, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know that. Yeah, like I, I bring I bring it up though because you know like Bandle City yeah. doesn't exist on the physical plane of Runeterra. Um, we we've gone at great length as recently as far as like Ionia and their relationship with the spirit world, which obviously spirit world mm-hmm. that's not on the physical plane. Um, and there's still so much of these things that aren't at eye level that we haven't looked at. Um, and. I don't want to like give it away outright because you know, our next episode (laughs) is going to be looking really deep at like 
Uh, well, there's your hint. And we're going to look really deep <laughs> in one of these areas that we have not really gotten to yes. dive into yet. And that's that's a really good hint. I feel like it's giving away too much. Yeah. And I hope they, I, I hope like most of the listeners are going to be stumped about that hint. Because I feel like if you are stumped and then you get we get to that episode, you're going to be like, oh my god. That, that, what a deep cut. And Hedge, if we give them any more cheesy bread, they won't eat the entree, okay? We're going to leave it there. All right, so as always. Do you really want to eat the entree over the cheesy bread at Red Lobster? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. (laughs) And we'll be back soon with the next episode. Uh, Cheese and bread? Yes? <laughs> That's not even a deep cut. That's recent. All right, listeners, you, you better be laughing. <laughs> oh, I have a headache now. Take care, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>